Blog Talk Radio. Kingway, Fox, Beard, Locus, Action, Very Weird, Captain Pike, Cisco's Wife, Klingons, and the Afterlife, Boimler, Tendi's Dog, Ransom is Very Harsh, Four Drive, Black Alert, Giorgio has gone berserk. Teacher, bad left, Edward is an idiot, Fox is dead, Wolf is wed, Chekhov's wearing red, Tita's cat, Kempak's cat, Q has had enough of that, beam me up, make it so, everybody let's go! We are well, good evening, Trekkies and Trekkers around the globe. It's Thursday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim, and that means it's time for Trek Talking and Beyond. And uh, with me, as usual, are my Trek spurts, plus one. And we'll start off with Eric. Eric's out in Portland. How are you doing tonight, Eric? I am doing fantastic. It's another beautiful day in Portland. I'd say probably upper 50s, kind of sunny. There's people playing basketball across the street from my place here. Uh, just the air is smelling fresh. I love early summer in Portland. It's so, so nice. Getting excited to talk about some Trek tonight. Yes, it's that night. It's Trek Thursday. And we also have with us Charles. Charles is out in Las Vegas. Uh City I've never visited, but I'm going to in August. How you doing tonight, Charles? I'm doing good. I'm trying to enjoy the roller coaster right now. Right now Uh-oh. we're going downward, enjoying about 90 degrees out today. By the weekend, it's going to go up, and we're going to start seeing a nice little heat wave coming in. So we had a heat wave, we had a cool down, we're back, and then we'll come back to the heat wave. Wow. Well, I, I got to say, up here in Vermont, it's been absolutely picture-perfect, beautiful, mid-70s, nice breeze, absolutely gorgeous. It's going to be a great weekend for camp. And speaking of camp, we have the Admiral. He's all the way down in Albany, and he's going to be stopping by to visit with us up at camp this weekend. How you doing, Ken? Okay. Really, you Looking know, uh, I, I, on the other hand, have been, uh, you know, feeling as if I've, even with the air conditioning and the fans on, uh, I've been feeling that I'm in the inside of a Reynolds Browning bag because it's been up, I think we hit 98 once, so oh. it's a little wow. steamy down here. Wow. So I guess for, I guess for a change, I'm, I'm right in the temperate zone, which is yes. unusual. Ah. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, we have a great show planned for you guys tonight. Welcome to episode 353. We're going to be talking about Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Our phone number here is 646-668-2433. Put that on speed dial and start a dialing. If you have something you want to say about Star Trek III, uh, give me a call. We'll get you on the air. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, But that's not all. We have uh, Star Trek news, Star Trek birthdays. Uh, Jack Quaid's going to talk about Boimler and Star Trek Lower Decks Season 2. We also have Shatner Says What? And Star Trek's connection to Dune. 
So we have a lot to talk about. You don't want to miss out on anything. It's going to be fun. And we also have, who's going to be joining us a little bit later, Chris Rogers, who's the front man for Chris Rogers and the Dirty Gens Band from Portland. And he's a huge Star Trek fan. And he wants to come on. And we're going to play their brand new single, which is called I Can Still Feel It. And he's going to tell us a little bit about his new album and some of his favorite Star Trek. So we have a really great show. It's going to be a lot of fun. So you guys want to stay tuned, sit down, have something to eat, and enjoy the next couple of hours with us Trek talking. And thank you for being along with us. And uh, let me see what else. So, yeah, we're going to do Around the Globe. And for that, we turn to Eric. So, Eric, what, what are we doing around the globe? I see a lot of great stuff here. Wow. Well, I'll tell you, uh, here's a little look behind the curtain, everybody. We green, we turn green any text where numbers are going up and the green text is flowing. That's right. They have done it yet again. The UK set a new international listener record with 6.16% of our listeners hailing from the UK. Wow. So they, I think they had four a few months ago, and then they hit five, and then they just kept pushing up a tenth at a time, and they are all the way up to 6.16, which is incredible. Um, it's a That's tenth of a percentage every, every week at this point. So it's, it's a steady, steady climb. We really appreciate all of our listeners in the UK. It uh, means so much to us that people so far away are listening to our voices. Uh, I think that's pretty cool, actually. But wait. In that number two spot, uh, spot holding steady is Australia. The folks down under, they have gone up a tenth of a percent. They are here now at 4.13% of our listeners. So, you know, between those two uh, regions, we've got 10% of our Trek Talking listeners covered, uh, which I think is pretty cool. Um, holding steady in our number three international spot are our brothers and sisters to the north, Canada, with 3.18% of our listeners. Now, dropping just a smidge, but still in that number four spot, are our Scandinavian brothers and sisters in Norway, 1.96% of our listeners, just a skosh under 2% there. And finally, rounding out our top five European countries, we have Germany with 1.22% of our listeners. Thank you to every single one of our listeners, whether you come from the United States or one of these other amazing countries or a country that we have not yet named. If you're listening to the sound of our voice, we sincerely appreciate you listening to us and interacting with us on our Facebook page, right, Jim? Absolutely. We and and you can do that by going to Trek Talking and Beyond, A N D Beyond. Spell that all out, and you'll find us. And uh, we have a we have a new segment. Well, it's not really really new right now, but it's 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 still relatively new. And this is called Top Cities, and um, these are where the top cities of where our listeners are clumped together and uh, for that we're going to turn to our very own charles so charles what are our top seeds this week well due to request we have a new city on our list indianapolis indiana is in 31st and then a couple of our cities our other popular cities, Portland, Oregon, has dropped down, dropped one to 21st. Las Vegas dropped two back to 17th. But we have a change in the top 10. What? San really? Antonio, Texas is now 10th. 
as is San Pablo Brazil dropped down to ninth. Wow. They have wow. a new spot. That is really cool. Uh, it's, you know, we were just talking, I think, last week about how we thought we would never see a change anytime soon uh, in our top 10, and here we have one. So that's pretty cool. Yep. And then the rest of our top eight stayed the same, sticking with Brisbane, Queensland, Australia, Chicago, Illinois, Toronto, Ontario, Ontario Canada, Los Angeles, California, Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, Sydney, New South Wales, Australia, London, UK, and New York, New York. So cool. Wow. Thank you all. That's, that is awesome. I, I love to hear where all the people are from. I think that's great. And, I know it makes um, me want to visit. It makes me want to visit some of these places. I mean, I think we all kind of have like the famous, you know, visions of like what Sydney looks like with the uh, the Opera House and whatnot. But you know, what's it like in Melbourne? I've never been to Melbourne. I would I would love to go to Melbourne. Fortunately, I I have been to Toronto and L.A. and a couple of these other cities. But uh, some of these places down under, I would definitely like to visit them. And it's great to know that these people are listening to our show. So we're kind of there right now, sort yeah. of. Mm-hmm. A little bit, and uh, you know, we mentioned the cities, we mentioned the countries. Now it's time to mention you, the fans. And if you'd like to have your name mentioned on a fan shout out, all you have to do is go to our Facebook page, Truck Talking and Beyond. You'll see the Live Long and Prosper, and just tell us where you're from. Every week, I pick 15 lucky fans. If you see a heart next to your name from Truck Talking, that means yours truly, Uncle Jim, has chosen your name, and you will be mentioned in a fan shout out. So, Eric, who are we starting off with this week? Well, we are starting out uh, in that region of the world where we have so many international listeners. We're saying hello and thank you so much to Sandra Johnstone from Edinburgh, Scotland. Hello. Uh, wow. That's another yeah. cool place that I have never been that I would love to go. It just sounds so cool. <laughs> Didn't Scotty come from? Isn't that where Scotty was from? Wasn't he from Edinburgh? I do believe he was. Yes. I think yep. I think he that sounds familiar to me. So, it's a major city and Sandra hails from there. So, hello to you and thank you so much for listening to our podcast. But this one is kind of cool because it sort of harkens back to places that I hail from. John Morgan Burton the 4th. Hello from Peoria, Illinois, uh, right in the kind of middle-ish of the state there. Uh, I I grew up not that far from Peoria. So, John Morgan Burton the 4th Thank you for listening to us as well, and uh, very familiar with Peoria myself. We're also saying hello and thank you very much to Mish Sish from France in Champagne, where, as I understand, you can't call it Champagne unless it comes from Champagne, and I'm positive that is not how you pronounce it in French. (laughs) (laughs) We're also saying hello and thanks for listening to Alexander Martinez S. Contavajas from Bogota, Colombia. So hello to you, Alexander. We're also sending a big shout out to Adnan Baspinar in Ankara, Turkey. Guess what? I have been to your city and I thought it was really cool. So thank you so much for listening, Adnan. I really, really appreciate. uh, And your your country is absolutely beautiful. Um, Istanbul was one of my favorite places, but Ankara is also very cool. Charles, who we got on your list this week? 
Okay, let's start off with Tony Carres from San Diego, California. I've been to San Diego a couple of times, but I got friends who've been there many a times and love visiting that city. Top fan, Andreas Walter, hailing from Germany. I know I've got some roots in Germany. Angela Gail Grinsley from Berkshire, England, home of the card. Nicolene Trout from sunny South Africa. Cool. And finally on my list, Jill Burnham from Alaska, USA. My favorite state I have ever been to in the United States, Alaska, is so beautiful. If you haven't been there, you got to go. Something else. Haven't been there, but I've seen so many pictures and stories. Sounds fascinating. I wonder where Jim's going to go. Well, we're going to, uh, we're going to, uh, <laughs> why, why do I do this to myself? You got this, we're gonna Jim. Give... You can do this. I, I'm gonna, I'm going to give, I'm gonna give it my college go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna go for it. So we are going to send out a huge hello and a thank you to Shahab Shahab. Yeah, Shahab I think that's, I think that's pretty close. Yeah, I think that's as close as I'm gonna. Yeah, it's pretty close. I think I'm. I'm going to leave it at that from Tehran, Iran, and I think that might be the first. That's so cool. That is so cool. You know, we just hired somebody from Iran uh, at my company, and they have been such a pleasure to get to know. So, Shahab, wow, that's so cool. Thank you for listening to us and for actually interacting, reaching out to us on our Facebook page. That's so cool. Yeah, I think that's the first uh, fan shout out we've given. I don't remember ever getting another one, so Where's thank the you very board? much. I gotta get I gotta get the pin board going. I talked. Yeah, about we gotta week, we gotta do that. I gotta do it. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool. And uh, we also want to say uh, thank you to Michael Christopher Gordon from the Bronx, New York. Represent. Been there many, 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 many times. Love New York City. It's, it's the city that never sleeps. The Big Apple. So much energy and life down there. We also want to say hello and thank you to Caitlin Gerlar from Berman, Germany. Thank you for listening. Bremen, Germany. And a top fan, Stephanie Foden from Hamelin, Germany, too, from Germany. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, last but definitely not least, we want to say kapla to Andy Holden from Clare Valley, South Australia, the land down under. I wonder if Andy knows the dude. Possible. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> Definitely possible. It's very possible. And uh, before we move on to our birthdays, guys, I just want to say that we're going to be going to Star Trek Las Vegas. Well, I'm sorry, the Star Trek 50 Feet five-year mission in Las Vegas in August. And we're trying to raise some money to get there and to get some T-shirts and some swag made up to give out. To all of our wonderful listeners, it's kind of our way of saying thank you. And we could use your help to make that happen. And you can head over to our Facebook page at Truck Talking and Beyond. 
And over there, you'll see a fundraiser. And please, if if everybody gives a dollar, that's all it takes, and we'll be golden. Um, I know COVID's been hard on everybody. Um, so if you can't give, that's fine. You can also help us by sharing it. The more people that you share it with, the more people will see it, the more opportunities we have of people helping us out. So please do that if you can. We really could use your help, and we really appreciate it. And as you know, Star Trek fans are the best fans, and I know that you guys are as well. So please help us if you can. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And now we got to do our Star Trek birthdays. That was not a Klingon song. No, it wasn't. He says that every week, but we love him anyways. And um, Eric, we always start off our Star Trek birthdays with those members who are no longer with us. So uh, who do we have on our list this week? Yeah, this week we have six people who would have had birthdays uh, who are related to our Star Trek uh, universe. Uh, The first is Clarence Williams III. Now, he played Omedaclon in the DS9 episode To the Death, uh, one of our many Jim Hadar warriors we we have. And he actually, I believe, has a a Star Trek attack wing card as well. So uh, happy birthday and remembrances going out to Clarence Williams III. We're also saying happy birthday and sending out our love to Robert Lansing. Uh, now, that is definitely a name you should recognize. He played the character Gary Seven in the TOS episode Assignment Earth. Uh, we have talked about him more recently. At least we've seen his face more recently in some of the comics we've been reading. Uh, so it's been nice, uh, although he is gone, to have uh, at least Robert Lansing's visage uh, in some new content over the past few months. Um, so happy birthday to Robert Lansing. We're also saying happy birthday to Jesse Ferguson, who played the character of Lutan in the TNG episode Code of Honor. We're also saying happy birthday to Bernie Casey, who played Lieutenant Commander Calvin Hudson in DS9's episode The Maquis. Uh, Lieutenant Commander Cal Hudson uh, was definitely an interesting character, but I will tell you that the, where he gets most of his legs uh, is in his Star Trek Attack Wing card. Calvin Hudson, add one weapon tech or crew to your upgrade Bar, if this card is assigned to an independent ship, all of your upgrades cost minus one SP. So I see his face all the time in fleets, and it's a nice homage to Bernie Casey's portrayal of that character. So happy birthday, Bernie Casey. We're also saying happy birthday and sending our love out to Joan Marshall, who played Lieutenant Ariel Shaw in the 2S episode Court Marshall. One of those episodes that kind of makes you go, what, Uh, when things go down? So that's kind of fun. And we're also remembering this week Herta Ware, who played the character, of course, of Yvette Gassard Picard uh, in the TNG episode Where No One Has Gone Before. That is uh, Picard's mom. So happy birthday to all of the folks who have gone before us uh, that were involved with Star Trek. We miss you all. Um, And uh, some of these are really special, close to my heart, like Bernie Casey, for example, simply because I see his face all the time in Attack Wing, which is a lot of fun. Now, Charles, who is still with us that has a birthday this week? Okay, well, let's start off with Michelle Phillips, who played 
Manasia Mannheim and TNGs will always have Paris. Chad Allen played Juno in TNGs Suddenly Human. And then Alexander Dasher played Ensign Tran in TNGs episode Descendants Part 2. On the DS9, I got Cyril O'Reilly, who played Meshik in DS9, Two Mourn, Four Mourn. What a great play. Great episode. Yeah, a great, great episode, episode and a great play on a TOS title, which I just think is hilarious. <laughs> then we have Kim Rose, who played Ensign Lindsay Ballard in Voyager's episode Ashes to Ashes. That was a good episode. I, I enjoyed I just, that one. Yeah, I was going to mention that I think that is a really quality episode of Voyager, absolutely. And Lindsay Ballard is a great character in that episode. Yeah, that was a good one. Then I've got Mark Herlick, who played Shishik, I think, in Voyager's Counterpoint. And then my last one, I am rather shocked that I got this one, but I do appreciate getting it. <laughs> she's not a Klingon. No, she's, she's not, not a Klingon. Klingon but he had <laughs> but. She's a good friend with a Klingon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, this but is true. For me, one of my, for me, one of my favorite doctors was Dr. Beverly Crusher. As the famous Gates McFadden. I've listened to her on several panels, and she is a fascinating person to hear chat. I have to Can't tell you to that see I... see what she makes. Can't wait to yeah. see what she might. You know, she has. I was just hearing on the official Star Trek podcast the other day that Gates McFadden now has a new podcast of her own. So if you want more Gates McFadden, uh, I think you can go oh. out there and get, and get her uh, audio wise. I will tell you something. I do not get starstruck very often, but uh, Charles and I saw Gates at the Picard premiere, and um, and I was in her general vicinity as we walked to the theater, and I just was kind of in awe of being so close to her. She's still, of course, is, is just a stunning uh, person to look at. But, um, you know, she carries herself in such an, a, a, like, strong way. She just almost, like, you get close to her and you sort of feel this, like, energy around her. Uh, it was amazing to just even be around her, even though I didn't really get to talk to her or anything, but to kind of be in the same room and uh, be able to experience her her energy was very cool. And very I believe that her, um, I think her podcast is called in, uh, Gates McFadden Investigates, I believe it's called. Yeah, Investigates, which is clever, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's great. She's definitely great. Yeah, I, I remember the... Uh, go, including some of the good ones he saved for himself. Mm-hmm. Well, well, yeah, there's got to be some advantage to being the host, right? <laughs> of course. Yeah. Oh. So listen, guys, uh, believe it or not, we have to take our first commercial break. Yes. It's Already. hard to believe. Already. But uh, don't touch that dial, please. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I have some great birthdays to go over. We got some great Star Trek news. We still have a lot of shows. So please 
Don't touch the dial. Don't go away. Run. Don't walk to the bathroom. Get something to drink and come right back right after we hear this message from my friend TJ at Freakopolis Geekery. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Freakopolis Geekery, the premier upstate New York comics and game shop. Centrally located between Saratoga Glens Falls, Ticonderoga, and Rutland, Vermont, the Geekery is a haven for pop culture and science fiction fans. For Star Trek fans, the Geekery features board games like Ascendancy, as well as awesome gaming titles like Star Trek Adventures RPG from Modiphius, Star Trek Away Team's Hero Clicks, and of course, Star Trek Attack Wing ship-to-ship tactical combat for the tabletop. The Geekery hosts casual play sessions, learn-to-play sessions, and sanctioned organized play tournaments with limited edition prize support. You'll also find comics and trade paperbacks at Freakopolis, including Star Trek titles from IDW. Lots of issues are in stock, and special orders are no problem. Whether you visit in person by shuttlecraft or beam in online to Freakopolis.com, you'll find yourself right at home at the Freakopolis Geekery. And we're back. And we're right in the middle of Star Trek birthday, so you guys still have some time to uh, grab something quick to eat and sit down and relax and uh, hang out with us. So I'm going to start off with why I do this to me, myself. I'll never know. (laughs) But uh, we're going to start off with um, our first birthday, which I'm going to say is going to be Amrit Kaur. Is that right? He's pretty good. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with it. And uh, she played uh, Cadet Thera Sadu in the Short Treks episode, Ask Not. That's the excellent episode with the incredible Anson Mount, where she's going to come aboard the ship as an engineer, and they have this whole thing where uh, Pike is arrested for for being a spy with the Tholians and blah, blah, blah. It was great, and uh, she was the Ensign in that episode. And uh, hopefully, hopefully we may see her, I hope, on Strange New Worlds. Uh, I don't know that for sure, but maybe. So, um, happy birthday. Uh, and another one, we want to say happy birthday to Bonnie Turpin, who played Ensign Swin in the Voyager episode Tuvix, and also Resolutions. Tuvix was a great episode, by the way. One of the best uh, episodes of Trek ever. Yeah, that, that is a very uh, intense one. I have some pretty uh, strong next... opinions about that episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think everybody does. <laughs> yeah, that's that is a good one. That is a really yeah. good one. Um, I also want to say happy birthday to Gary Graham, who we all know was Ambassador Soval from Enterprise. But me personally, I know him as Matthew Sykes from Alienation, a TV show that I just loved to death. Uh, they they canceled it way too early. In fact, they canceled it and then made five, count them, five made-for-TV movies after they canceled it. So they canceled it, and obviously it was still very popular. So happy birthday to Gary Graham. But, but wait, wow. Jim, there's more. Don't forget that he is also in the band Sons of Kirk which uh, I think is also a very cool thing that that actor does. And that actor has also been in some of the kind of non-sanctioned Trek stuff, which I think is very cool that he sort of put his, uh, put his visage out into that world as well as different characters. So Gary Graham's pretty cool. Yeah. We have, we have played his song sons of Kirk from time to time on this very podcast. And you you never know when it's going to pop up. 
Not right now because I have another song to play later, but you might hear that song at some point if you hang around. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to say happy birthday to James Darren, who played Vic Fontaine on Deep Space Nine. Now, I reached out to James to see if he wanted to join us on the podcast tonight in honor of his birthday. Uh, I haven't heard back from him, but maybe I will, and we can schedule James to be on a future podcast, and we can we can talk to the voice of Deep Space Nine. Who knows? It's possible. But happy birthday to James Darren. We also want to say happy birthday to Alan Scarif, who played Tokoth in the TNG episode Birthright 1 and 2. He was a Romulan. And also Admiral Mendon in the TNG episode Day to Day, another Romulan. And if you guys remember, Day to Day had the Romulan, who was a Vulcan spy, and it's been um, theorized that she was there to spy on Data because the Romulans don't like synthetic life forms, as we see in Star Trek that. Picard. I so I love how know. they're knitting it all together. It's so cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. And okay, so the next ones are interesting. So we want to send. Yeah, so interesting. This, so. so so why why did Charles get Doctor Crusher? I wonder because because I got another doctor, um, an awesome doctor who I had an opportunity to meet and he was really awesomely cool. Uh, he's been in Lord of the Rings. He's been in Judge Dredd. Uh, he's been he's on, currently on The Boys. Um, this guy shows up everywhere, but tonight. We're talking about Bones McCoy from the Kelvin Universe movies, Carl Urban himself. Happy birthday. If you ever get a chance to meet him at a Comic-Con, please do. Um, there's that, yeah, there's that great story of Leonard Nimoy, like, weeping over Carl Urban's portrayal of Bones because it made him remember DeForest Kelly so much. I, I just, that... That story is so powerful um, because he did. He did a great job in that role. And whether you like those movies or not, you cannot deny that Carl Urban was a fantastic Bones. <laughs> and you know what's, what's strange about it is they hired, they hired all of the actors to come in and work with the new actors on the nuances of the characters. So they all had the opportunity, um, you know, to work with the actors except for except for Carl because McCoy, DeForest Kelly is no gone. longer with us. So he had to just go go with it. And I, I really, I, I agree with you completely, Eric. The casting in those movies was phenomenal. And he played McCoy like he nailed it. Nailed he's it. definitely my favorite. He's my favorite of all the Kelvin Universe characters. He like is, the, the McCoy is so good. I, I liked I liked Chekhov. I, I thought that um, he's that, also uh, yeah. Anton Yelton is also amazing. Anton Yelton did, did a phenomenal job as Chekhov. Um, when I when I met Carl Urban at Trekkonderoga a few years ago, I, I bought a blue a picture of him from Star Trek Beyond wearing the blue uniform with the phaser when they were on the planet, and he and he said, well, "What do you want me to sign it to?" And I said, "To Jim, I want you to sign. He's dead, Jim." Instead of two Jim, just he's dead Jim because that's my name. <laughs> so he looked at me for a second and he kind of he picked up his pen and he signed it. He's dead Jim, 
dot, 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 not with a big explanation point <laughs> next to it. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> so uh, he, he has a great sense of humor, and I love the guy. So happy birthday to Carl Urban. The next one is another good one, and, of course, I, I, I grabbed this one for myself because I can do that. It's my show. Uh, we want to say happy birthday to Mirror Lorca from Star Trek Discovery, Jason Isaacs. I met him at a convention as well. It was funny because I was there dressed up as a Klingon with all these kids waving around Harry Potter wands. <laughs> Talk about a culture Why are shock. you children here? Oh, right. What are all oh, you kids yeah. waving wands at me for? Meet my Batleth. <laughs> you know, yeah. it was great. So, He's an excellent um, mouth. Yep, he is an excellent mouth. You know, and, and, you know, in, in, in rewatching Discovery season one, I, I, you know, I really, really hope that Strange New Worlds, because I was paying attention to the date, you guys, when you watch it, pay attention to the date when, when Lorca says how long yeah. it's been. Pay attention to the date, and because I think there's a way that they could get Prime Lorca on Strange New Worlds if the dates are the way I think they work. Because well, let's, let's not yeah. forget when they time they, just because they jump universes doesn't necessarily mean they jump exactly when they left. So well, and remember you know, that even if they even if they didn't jump times, I mean those are still within ten years of each other, right? They're not. It's not like it's way out of line. Exactly. Know? So maybe we will see Prime Lorca. Who knows? And. Not the biggest, but I always do the Klingons because I'm Klingon Jim and I can do these things. So I save the best Klingon for the last Klingon. And we want to say a huge happy birthday to, I think, one of the, a very memorable Klingon for me, uh, Mark Warden, who played Alexander Rozhenko, the grown-up version, on Deep Space Nine's episode, Sons and Daughters, and you are cordially invited. And... What I like about portrayal of Alexander is, in his case, he he's, he quarter Klingon, quarter human. Uh, I don't know the breakdown, but uh, he's not full Klingon, <laughs> like Worf. Uh, yeah, it's because Kalar was, uh, I believe, half and half, so he would be probably three-quarter Klingon, I guess. Yeah, uh, but... Unlike Worf, Worf, who was ra- full Klingon, raised by humans, trying to be a Klingon, Alexander's just the opposite. He was raised by humans, and he's trying to be a Klingon his own way. And he's, you know, and I, I love his portrayal. I love how he's not afraid to be himself, even amongst the Klingons that are kicking his ass. And he still remains true to himself. I, I love his portrayal of Alexander Rozhenko. And who actually, in You Are Cordially Invited, becomes a member of the House of Martok, which I thought was, was really, really, really great. So yep. that wraps up our birthdays for this week. And um, that brings us to our first guest. Well, actually, our only guest um, for tonight. Uh, Chris, are you, can you hear me? I can, yeah, man. Can you hear me? Excellent. We can hear you fine. Uh, uh, as I said, Chris Portland, uh, uh, Chris Rogers is the is the front man for Chris Rogers and the Dirty Gems Band out of Portland. 
Uh, they have a new album releasing next month, and we have the first single for that album, I Can Still Feel It, which we're going to play for you guys in just a minute. But the reason why Chris is here is because he's a huge Star Trek fan. And I said, I'm always in the mood to help out a fellow Star Trek fan when I can. I said, the only catch, though, is we have to talk about Star Trek a little bit, which is what we're going to do. <laughs> so <laughs> so before, we talk, awesome. before we talk a little bit about your album and we play your song, what can you tell us about what's your favorite Star Trek, Chris, of, of all of them? Oh, man, out of all the shows, I think I, this is probably it pretty typical response, but I think Next Gen is my favorite. Uh, and then after that, Voyager, probably. I, I think you're pretty, I think you're right there. I think most people, I know whenever we run polls on our page, Picard always wins hands down. I think most people yeah. relate to TNG the, the most of all of them. So you're, you're your typical Star Trek fan, which is cool. Does does your involvement in Star Trek, your enjoyment in Star Trek, have any effect on your songwriting? Um, I, you know, I don't know so much on this. Maybe it does. I mean, I like to try to keep the the sort of Star Trek world ideals maybe going, but uh, it has more of an influence on like all the other stuff I do, like visual stuff. Like we have a music video that we're doing that I got like a Picard replica costume for recently and stuff. So that's really where it's showing up more than other places but well i think that's pretty cool actually what's your favorite star trek movie chris well i actually was checking out um your guys' show and because i had i had actually never heard of uh trek talking i'm a subscribe now though and everything so i'll be able to see it here later but i saw that you guys are going through all the original movies and stuff and uh, and so and that got me thinking about all that stuff. And so my favorite of the movies, I think, and I don't know if this is a weird response or not, but I've always liked uh, Star Trek Four, like the, the Voyage Home, like the, the Save the Whales one. Yep. I don't know what yep. I don't know what it is about it. Like it's just, it's kind of like a like a kind of like a kids movie almost in a lot of ways. But I, for some reason, I've just always loved that one. I love the humor in it, and uh, it seems almost like an episode almost. Well, you know, you, we reviewed Star Trek four. Was it two weeks ago, guys, or three weeks ago? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, we haven't done we did four review. yet. We haven't done four yet. Oh, oh, geez, I, you know what? We because did I'm two. A week ahead. We did two, not yeah. four. Four was That's originally right. going to be this week, and it got pushed to next week. So, if you want to come right. back next week, Chris, we're going to be talking about Star Trek four. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Um, that's right, because we had a guest. We had a guest that we scheduled, and so I had to bump all the shows up a week. We were going to do Star Trek Four tonight, and uh, we so we're oh, doing yeah. Star Trek Three instead. So that's my bad. Oh, that's a, <laughs> that's a good one too. I think Star Trek Three is actually. Uh, I've watched all the movies when when I was younger, way out of order. I think Star Trek Three was the first movie I ever saw. Uh-huh. Yeah, actually, uh, Star Trek. Well, we'll talk about that when we get to it, but. Yeah, we we've been doing we did we're going to be doing the Star Trek movies. So um, next week, if you're if you're available, if you're not on tour, if you're not out and about, um, you know, <laughs> tune in and see what our fans think about Star Trek Four and what we thought about Star Trek Four. And please feel free to call us, same bat, same bat time, same bat channel, and um, 
and tell <laughs> us what you thought about Star Trek Four live on the air like you're doing now. We'd love to hear from you. Oh man, that sounds like a great time. I mean, it's it's always fun. So so TNG <laughs> is your favorite show, and uh, Star Trek Four is your favorite movie. So I guess your favorite captain would be Captain Picard. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he. You know, I have like a lot of friends who also really love Kirk, and I totally get why you'd like Kirk as the best captain. But I feel like Picard is the best actual captain. Like Kirk might be the coolest captain, but Picard is like he exhibits all the qualities that we would all want in our ideal captain. You know, like I'd want him to be my captain. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Yep. For that sure. That is the ship I would want to serve on. I totally agree. Absolutely. Now, uh, Chris, have you watched Star Trek Picard on Paramount Plus yet? I have, yeah. And well, what did you think? Excuse me. What did you think about that? About the return of Deanna Troy and uh, Riker and their daughter Kestra, and that whole that whole situation. I, I mean, you know, I kind of thought Picard as a whole was a, the first season was like a little bit slow for me. But that when uh, when he went to that uh, I forget what the planet called it where they live now. But when he went and visited, yeah, when they went and visited, and like Riker's got his like pizza oven out back and everything, and uh, I I definitely like teared up a little bit. I did. I one thing that I noticed was that Riker was way taller than Picard. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I was like, I don't remember them being that different heights. Uh, on uh, on the original series, but or next gen, but but uh, yeah, I I thought I've been liking all the uh, all the cameos and stuff, and I love seeing uh, Seven of Nine and all that. Yeah, I we we did a whole show and just talked about Riker and Troy and their and their daughter Kestra. That 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 I think if, if you're a Star Trek fan, I think that episode that that got you. They wrote, I mean, yeah, they did that. Beautifully, they they did it perfect. Uh, the scene that I really like is when when um, when Soji is standing there and she tilts her head. She does the data tilt, and Riker catches it. And as a Star Trek, as a fan of TNG, we all caught it. But Riker catching it was special because he, you know he knew he knew data. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, scene. that was yeah, great. No, for sure. What about what about the end when Riker shows up to save the day? <laughs> <That's>, I <laughs> mean, know? that was pretty cool. I feel I feel like um, uh, Jonathan Frakes must have been practicing those lines for a while. He nailed them. he definitely did. I I love that. He's, I'm gonna kick some Romulan ass. He goes. <laughs> Nothing would make yeah. me happier. <laughs> I love it. I loved it. <laughs> So, um, Eric, did you, did you have any questions you want to ask Chris before we we talk about the album? Well, it's fi- I was going to kind of go back to uh, it's not really a question, but it was more of an observation. Jim was asking you about whether or not uh, you know Star Trek influenced your music, and and I my outside opinion, having not um, been familiar with you before, but now I'm starting to listen to some of your stuff and I'm digging it. Uh, is this album cover for Long Lost Gems? which has this woman um, that has the, she's like holding a necklace and she's got one of those jewelers, uh, like what do you call them? Jewelers eyeball things. Yeah. (laughs) Lens (laughs) in her eye. And you know what? She looks like a Borg. Not only that, 
But track four on that album is called The Cage. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's there true. is that's some, a, that's true. there's like some subtle that's Star Trek influence there, yeah. <laughs> wow, I never come to start telling people that. There you go, man. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. You see that? See, truck talking is not only fun, but educational as well. There you go. <laughs> you, you, you could learn something about yourself even, you know? There you That's go. That's right. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah, Chris, I'm I'm digging the tunes. Uh, next time I'm up on the other pro- – I don't know if you know or not, but my town, Portland, Oregon, is actually named after your town. There was a famous um, coin flip that happened. There were two guys in, out in this area. One was from Portland, Maine, and one was from Boston. And a coin flip determined the name of my town and why I'm not called Boston. So uh, I oh, feel wow. a certain I feel a certain camaraderie to you, uh, despite the fact that we live probably 3,500 miles from each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's crazy. I didn't know that. You, it's actually probably better not to be called Boston. Yeah, who wants to be called Boston? Yeah. Well, I can't say that. I used to live in Boston. I love Boston, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I, I, I love, I mean, I'm not very far from Boston. I love it too, but they're like the worst drivers on the planet, I think. They really are. It's true. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to be like associated well, with that. You know what, Chris? When, um, when, they, when, they, when they open up the new Vulcan, uh, the, the Leonard Nimoy statue in Boston, I'm planning on going down there and doing a live broadcast when they premiere that. Uh, maybe if you're in the area, oh, wow. you join me there and we, we can meet. You can come on the show and we can we can talk about the Leonard Nimoy statue if you're not too far from Boston. Because oh, I'm up man, in Rockland, yeah, I'm Vermont. Up. I'm not too far from there either. Oh, cool. Yeah, we're probably not too, too far. Like, as far as I'm about two hours, so it's not bad at all. I'd love to do that. Yeah, that's a, I'm about two and a half, maybe three hours from Boston myself. So yeah, and, really and cool. uh, yeah, that would be fun. That would be fun. And uh, Charles, Boston did you have had any... like a Boston accent? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, actually, he was from Boston. Leonard Nimoy was. So yeah, but that like first, what is it? The pilot episode. He has like kind of like has like a little bit of a Boston accent. When okay. um when Pike is the captain. Oh, in the cage. Like, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like it lo- one, there's like one little moment I remember flickering in my head, being like, "Is that? Did he just?" I think you're right. I think I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he he smiles and he's got emotion too. So yeah, yeah, it's a little weird. A little different. So uh, Charles, do you have any questions you want to ask Chris before we dive into the meat and potatoes of the whole thing? No, let's dive in. Okay, let's dive in. So I have your I have your brand new single all all queued up and ready to go. I can still feel it. Uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about the new album, uh, where they can get it, if you're going to be on tour, where and when, and a little bit about the song, and you can introduce it, and then I'll play it for everybody. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, man. <clears throat> um, so this is I Can Still Feel It, and it is off of uh, our new album, which is called Still Dirty, and it's out on uh, Wicked Cool Records, which is a record label run by little Steven Van Zandt from the E Street Band. And it comes out on July 23rd, and you can, uh, you can if you check us out on, like, Spotify and all that kind of stuff, you can pre-save it, and also Wicked Cool Records has it available for pre-order as well. 
And uh, we'll be touring, doing a little bit of touring, at least in the Northeast this fall with, uh, you know, we're kind of judging it on how things go and what we can get and all that kind of stuff. But we're planning on doing at least a little bit of touring in the fall. Um, And, yeah, and we're releasing, too, I think, I don't know when it's, it's probably going to be this fall, too, but we're releasing um, our Star Trek-inspired music video as well. Excellent. That is so cool. And uh, here it is, guys. It's their brand new single called I Can Still Feel It. If I can get it. song. Uh, I really like it. And, you know, it reminds me of maybe like some 70s, like early Ario Speedwagon, maybe 74, 75, before they hit it big. Um, it's got that, that sound. I really, really like it. I love, love the horns. I love the beat. And the vocals are fantastic. I really like it. Great, I, great song. 
Thank you, man. I appreciate that. And yeah, I, my favorite kind of, well, I guess my favorite kind of music is probably from the 70s, 60s and 70s. So I'm so happy that you picked that up. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. you know, I, it, it really, like, if you listen to some, uh, like, in my case, like, like, a, you know, maybe Ride in the Storm Out 72 from Mario Speedwagon. Yeah. Kind of, that kind of has that, 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 that energy. And that that's what that's the vibe I was getting from it, you know. I kind of feel like REO. I kind of feel like I want to hear that song in the Blues Brothers, uh, whatever the next movie would be. Like, oh, that, yeah, that, that's yeah. Awesome. yeah, that's great, totally. I was thinking Blues Brothers myself too. Yeah, it's just well, got that kind of like party vibe to it from that, like, and and I love. Honestly, music with horns is one of my favorites. I love funk bands with horns in particular, but um, but this kind of like dance party music—it's so invigorating, right? You cannot listen to this song and not just like start smiling. You can't help it. It'd be a great concert like to go to, me, that's for sure. I <laughs> like to me the the theme came to me is doo-wop. Especially oh, yeah. Some of, the, uh, some, of the, yeah. some of the Billy Joel stuff that he did with the doo-wop, with a couple of singers in there, getting that that era in. It's like, yeah, I can feel that kind of era there. Did Did you catch how he uh, how he did that? He how Charles did that? He says, I can feel it. Then the name of the use the name of the song to describe. <laughs> uh, did you catch that? Ooh, I didn't catch that. Well Very nice. done. Yeah, well done. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, guys, we have to take uh, another quick commercial break, and when we come back, uh, we're going to wrap things up with uh, Chris Rogers from the Dirty Gems Band. Don't touch the dial. Don't go away. We still have a lot of Trek talk and a lot of show to go through. We're going to be talking about Star Trek Three. Our phone number here is 646-668-2433. Don't touch the dial. We'll be right back. Trek Talking. All things Star Trek and beyond. Thursday night, 7.30 to 9.30. All hailing frequencies are open. iTunes, iHeart, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, and wherever fine podcasts are found. Trek Talking. Boldly going wherever your mind is willing to go. And welcome back. We're talking with Chris Rogers from the Dirty Gems Band. And uh, Chris, what were some of your musical influences growing up? Uh, well, some of them we we actually just mentioned them a little bit. I I listen to a ton of. I'm a piano player too, so um, I listen to a ton of Billy Joel and Elton John growing up. I'm from Maine, so I'm I'm a little bit more of an Elton John fan because he's kind of like a little bit more redneck like me, uh, than Billy is. Billy's like a sweet, sweet guy. But um, I also listen to, like, REO. I listened to them a lot growing up. And um, really a lot of 70s and 60s rock. I love the Beatles. Uh, I listened, I used to listen to a ton of Aerosmith and, like, Zeppelin, stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, just really anything from the 70s. Leon Russell is a big one for me. Uh, like, you know, Paul McCartney and John Lennon and George after they left the Beatles. Uh, bands like Badfinger, and I guess I guess you would call a lot of those guys power pop, like raspberries. 
Right. And uh, you want to give a shout out, a little shout out to the rest of your band? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. The the band is the Dirty Gems and all the guys in the band. We have a ton of people now that are playing in the band, but we got Tom Hall on the guitar, all the, uh, Ryan Halliburton on the bass and Craig Fowler on the drums. And then our horn section is Brian Graham on the sax and Jamie Colpoise on the trombone. And then our backup singers are Gina Albiero, uh, Suzanne Jerry, and Amanda Tubb. Huge cast. Wow. And that's how, that's yeah, how wow. you make all that sound. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah you need a lot of people. <laughs> you do. You can't make that sound unless you got a lot of people. No, no, absolutely no. not. And to your point before too, the horn, uh, we add the horns almost. They're almost always the last thing to add, and they're they're like this massive cherry on a Sunday or something like that. Like they bring everything up and make everything sound better. It's really I cool. Have to, I have to tell you that from the '70s, one of my favorite bands is Chicago. They are a fantastic oh, yeah. band from that era. In particular, the horn section is stunning to listen to, and the way that they blend pop and like really eclectic time signatures and just weird stuff. Like for a, for a pretty yeah. poppy band from that era, they actually were kind of weird, um, which was fun. You oh, know, yeah. In the eighties, they turned into a different band, but that 70s Chicago stuff is so good. Yeah. And they blended jazz, you know, really well. Like if you listen, if you hear like the end of 25 or 64, is like mm-hmm. a crazy jazz chord sequence that goes on with the horde section. Da, da, uh, da, da, yeah, great stuff. Da, da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So totally. crazy. Yeah. Uh, we actually used Chicago as a reference a couple times on this album for a couple, of, not for I Can Still Feel It, but a couple other different songs just to make that really, uh, I don't know how you could describe it, like dense, thick, yeah. kind of horn. Very cool. Well, wow. Well, Chris, uh, why don't you let our... Go ahead. I was looking up Chris on Google... And I noticed his activity in Reverb Nation. And it's like, oh, <laughs> Reverb Nation. I think I've heard of that before. And I looked and realized, oh, I know another band that's on Reverb Nation, which is Louis Prima Jr. and the Witnesses, which is also a lot of horn in his stuff. Small world. Is he a bigger guy? I think I know who that is. Uh, son of Louis Prima. And he's getting back out there again. Oh, okay. So, uh, of, uh, there's Chris, a, there's before, an old guy uh, named Leo Prima from back in the day. Oh, uh, right on. Before we, before we wrap things up, why don't you just let the listeners know one more time where they can go to either download your, your digital song or, or buy it on vinyl, perhaps? Um, is it available on vinyl? It is, yeah. It's available on vinyl. Um, you can pre-order it at wickedcoolrecords.com for vinyl, uh, and then you can. It's available now too. If you just, you can. I guess you can search Chris Rogers on, um, you know, on Spotify or whatever, and it'll it'll allow you to pre-save our new album. But if if anybody's just hearing this, just make sure that you search with Chris with a K, or else it won't pop up. Yeah, and, and I, I have to say that I prefer my music on vinyl. It just sounds better, I think. It has a deeper... Uh, same. Uh, I think, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, 
We've Especially had some that stuff that we were just talking about. Yeah, that yeah. stuff in particular, like if you, in particular, if you actually have a tube amp, like that's the way to really listen to that stuff. But yeah, I'll Chris, I'm going to further what you just said about your first name. So it's Chris, K-R-I-S, and it's Rogers with a D, R-O-D-G-E-R-S, and the Dirty Gems. So there you go. Yeah. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, maybe maybe we can get a link on our Facebook page so our listeners can just go to our Facebook page and and find you right from there. How does that? Oh, sound? sure. I have a I have a pre-order, pre-save, all the different pre things you can do. Link, <laughs> I can send you for sure. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get that on our Facebook page so that our listeners can easily find you and pick up your album and enjoy. I can still feel it over and over and over and over again. Well, thank you very much for uh, taking some time out of your busy schedule to hang out and trek talk with us tonight, Chris. It was great to have you along. Thanks so much for having me. I, uh, this, I've been looking forward to this for a while now, uh, so I really appreciate it. And, and yeah, don't thanks, forget, Chris. not this week because I'm a week off. Next week, we're going to be talking about Star Trek Four, The Voyage Home. So if you'd like to give us a call and get in on that conversation, you're welcome to join us, Chris. Right on, right on. I'm, I just might do that. You're, you're welcome, too, and thank you very much for joining us tonight, Chris. You have a great night. You too, guys. Thanks so much. Have a good one. Night. Bye-bye. All right, guys, Chris Rogers and the Dirty Gems Band, and now it's time for Star Trek News. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Incoming transmission. Enter authorization code. Command codes verified. Define parameters of program. Level 9 authorization required. Specify parameters. Transfer of data is complete. Black alert. Black alert. And Eric, you get our first story of the night. I'm so excited that I get to say this time, this week, Shatner says, what? That's right. We have more (laughs) William Shatner news to hand out to the minions. So here we go. Star Trek's William Shatner had a classic response to the Star Wars The Bad Batch trailer. Now, there are plenty of great sci-fi franchises out there, but if you ask most people, there are two that likely stand out above the rest, Star Wars and Star Trek. The two franchises have devoted fandoms, which can inspire a bit of friendly and not-so-friendly trash talk. The most humorous ribbing, though, came from the stars of the uh, comes from the stars of both properties. Trick, Trek icon William Shatner has no problem making the occasional joke at the expense of the Star Wars franchise, and just recently he shared a truly classic response aimed at Disney Plus's Star Wars: The Bad Batch. When the actor recently spotted an online trailer for a new episode of Star Wars The Bad Batch, he couldn't help but make a sly joke about the series and George Lucas's franchise as a whole. Shatner tweeted, isn't all of SW's a bad batch? Question mark. Ooh, that was fighting words. Uh, he has had no problem chiming in on the Star Trek and Star Wars comparison. He's previously shared thoughts on why he believes Gene Roddenberry's cosmic saga surpasses George Lucas's, and he even threw some friendly jabs towards 2015's The Force Awakens ahead of its release. He even previously got into a bit of a flame war with Finn actor John Boyega as the two briefly exchanged words over J.J. Abrams' 2015 film. Nevertheless, 
William Shatner doesn't mean any real harm by his comments and actually does have a respect for Star Wars. Now, didn't we have some sort of article, I feel like, in the last six months here where he said something about wanting to be part of a Star Wars franchise? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I feel like I remember that back there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, he tweeted a picture of him dressed as a Jedi. Uh, yeah. I think it was around Halloween, I believe. But but that's why we do, Shatner says, what? Because yeah, like, you never know what he's going to say. That's right. And it comes out of nowhere, man. It's like out of left field. And you're like, well, it's William Shatner. So, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we have the Shatner says what segment. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And uh, Charles, you've got our next story, which is an interesting one. Interesting one, interesting pick for me lately, and I think Eric knows my connection currently with this one, even though it's a little more to his end. Strange New World, Dune Connection brings back a surprising Star Trek tradition. Patrick Stewart is inseparable from his most famous role as Captain John Luke Picard. Sure, he has a respectable stage career for Star Trek and his role as professional professing briefly came close to eclipsing his Trek fame. But unless Stewart takes on the role of Star Wars or the return of Professor X for a movie set in the MCU, he's going to be Picard forever. But before Star Trek, The Next Generation debuted in 1987. Patrick Stewart was known for sci-fi aficionados his role as Journey Haddock in 1984's adaption of Dune. It bears mentioning that another actor is set to appear in Dune right before he, he appears in next, the next big TV, Trek TV series. The world, Bab. Oh, will continue, will co-star with, in Denise Denise Dune out later this year. And Denise sees up in up and coming Dune film O plays the Freeman known as Jameis. For sci fi fans, O was previously known for his appearance in the Black Mirror season four episode of Black Museum. Bab O was a fantastic actor with great credits well beyond science fiction. He was in Roots Remake, Gotham, and Sneaky Pete, to name a few. But the fact that he's doing Dune right before a new Star Trek series puts O in a unique company with Patrick Stewart, who arguably starred in the most pivotal Star Trek spinoff ever. And the reason I mentioned that there's an innocent connection, I've had Dune on my bucket list for a while. And I'm currently listening on my morning walk. Very interesting, very complex series of books. And that, and it's not a coincidence that you got that article either, by the way. And I just want to <laughs> add that I personally, um, I know Patrick Stewart was in Dune, and I saw Dune because of Patrick Stewart, but. For me, 
Patrick Store is in Excalibur, and to me, that's where he shines yeah. as a knight in shining armor and riding his horse and vanquishing foes, like the honor. And uh, I love him in Excalibur. Uh, he also is in Life Force and Kisses a Man, which is an interesting um, movie if you haven't seen it, as well as Dune. But yeah, I think Captain Picard is his role. So the next yeah. story is from is, – is, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say I agree with you, Jim. Excalibur was the first time that I ever saw Patrick Stewart, but he wasn't a person that you would have necessarily remembered as that guy at the time that Excalibur came out because I'm pretty sure that movie came out in the early, early 80s, like even before David Lynch's Dune, um, maybe like 81 or 82, something like that. And so, you know, you saw him there, and then you saw him as Gertie Halleck in in David Lynch's Dune. And I have to tell you that, and Charles knows this, Dune is one of my favorite book series of all time. It's If you read the first six books, it'll just blow your mind. It takes – it's just such a big, big story. And to have Patrick Stewart as part of that franchise through the David Lynch movie was really something special. But, yeah, I cut my teeth on Patrick Stewart in Excalibur as well. And don't forget that Sting was in that movie too, from the police. Yeah, he was he was in Dune too. Yeah, uh, yeah, and he plays he plays a great Harkonnen. I love him. Yeah. So, but Dune's not for everybody, though. Um, I was never able to really get into it. I tried and I wanted to, but I, it just wasn't my thing. And that's fine. No big deal. So uh, we have some news here. On Strange New Worlds. But before I do that, there's some breaking news. They just wrapped filming on episode seven. There's three episodes left to do, and season one of Strange New Worlds will be in the bag the whole first season. So we're getting closer and closer and closer. Um, hopefully, we'll maybe see a trailer soon, I hope. Um, who knows? But yeah, they just finished, they just wrapped. Episode three, I mean, episode seven. So that's pretty cool. So Rebecca Romaine teases TOS Easter eggs and fun with Spock on Star Trek Strange New Worlds. The next live action entry in the Star Trek franchise is coming to Paramount Plus is Strange New Worlds. The series is currently in production, and one of the stars is dropping hints about what we can expect from the new show. (laughs) Excuse me. Uh, on the new show, set aboard Captain Pike's USS Enterprise. Rebecca Romaine took on the role of number one in the second season of Star Trek Discovery. And uh, she's reprising the role along with Ethan Peck as Spock and the awesome Anson Mount as Pike for Strange New Worlds. The actress kept true to her NDA by offering this summary of the show and the dynamics between Pike, number one, and Spock. This is the story of 10 years on the Enterprise. This is 10 years leading up to Captain Kirk on the Enterprise. So this is Captain Pike, and number one, and Spock is a science officer. We outrank him, which is really fun, because when does anybody ever outrank Spock, she said. This is a different character dynamic with Pike and number one, being sort of parental figures on the ship, and in specific, to Spock. We also saw elements of this played out in the Short Treks episode Q&A. Romaine talked briefly about how this odd school style and tone of Strange New World is playing out. She said, 
It's in keeping with the original series. They're standalone episodes. It's a little bit lighter. We are visiting planets. We are visiting colonies. And we are so proud of our work. In the past, Romaine has talked about her character of number one, who only appeared in the Star Trek pilot episode, The Cage. She was played by the awesome, the brilliant wife of, uh, of Gene Roddenberry, Major Barrett herself, which is pretty cool. She offers the show's writers a unique opportunity as they will be the first to fill in much of the character's backstory. Rebecca Romaine and her husband, Jerry O'Connell, who voices Commander Ransom on Star Trek Lower Decks, star together in the African Safari movie Endangered Species, which is really, really, really cool. And uh, Eric, you've got our next story here. I do. I feel like this is a crossover story, and it plugs into our international listeners. Star Trek Strange New Worlds and Prodigy coming to CTV Sci-Fi in Canada. That's right. The next two shows coming from the Star Trek universe are, of course, the live-action Strange New Worlds and the kids' animated series Prodigy. Both will debut exclusively in the U.S. on Paramount+. And today we learned where Canadian fans can find these new shows. CTV Sci-Fi Channel is the Canadian home to Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek Picard, and Star Trek Lower Decks. So it comes as no big surprise that the channel will feature the next two shows in the franchise. And today, Canada Bell's media made it official, announcing both Star Trek Strange New Worlds and Star Trek Prodigy will be added to the lineup. No dates were provided for the premieres via their Star Trek shows, but it's likely they will arrive at the same time as their U.S. premieres. Paramount Plus has confirmed that Prodigy will debut on the streaming service this year, and with Lower Decks arriving on August 12th and Discovery's fourth season coming later this year, Strange New Worlds is expected to arrive in 2022. Star Trek Prodigy is a new animated series aimed at kids, originally developed for Nickelodeon, which will now air uh, after the first season concludes on Paramount+. Plus. The new Uh, The series follows a motley crew of young aliens who must figure out how to work together while navigating a greater galaxy in search of a better future. The show is now set in the Delta Quadrant in the year 2383, five years after Star Trek Voyager, and its premise follows these alien kids after they commandeer a a derelict Starfleet ship, where they're guided by the, quote, emergency training hologram modeled after Captain Catherine Janeway with Kate Mulgrew returning to voice the role she originated on Voyager. So to all of our Canadian listeners, keep watching your Star Trek. Where you been watching your Star Trek? Uh, it's been confirmed that that's where it's going to still be. So there you go. That's Charles, pretty cool. Next? Yeah, for sure. Well, I think we're going to stick in the new Star Trek show soon. Jack Quaid on Boimler freaking out on the Titan in Star Trek Lower Deck Season 2. Mike Manhattan has already confirmed that Season 2 of Lower Decks is going to pick up right after the ending of Season 1. With Brad Boimler on the USS Titan under the command of Captain William Riker, voiced by Jonathan Frakes, of course. Jack Quaid called, told Screen Rant what it's like for Brad to finally get his dream posted. Titan for Boimler is great, and everything he's ever wanted. It's interesting with Boimler on the Titan, with everything he's ever wanted, but he's still Boimler. And doesn't have much field experience. So it's a little bit of a learning curve for him, and a little bit of an adjustment. 
it was really interesting things to play and to record. When thinking the comicbook.com, Quaid said, Boimler is on the Titan, and he does have everything that he wants, but he remains very skittish and very freaked out. So it's, right, so it's like, be careful what you wish for. It's everything he's ever wanted, but it's very intense for him. I think he jumped on a chance and wasn't thinking about it. I'm sure it weighs on him. He left without saying goodbye. He's sorry for a moment. Got somebody playing on my keyboard. <laughs> a furry somebody? It's yeah. not AJ. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't AJ this time. <laughs> he, realized, he realized he left with unceremoniously, and he feels bad about it for sure. The actor also explained his hope for Boimler in season two. I would like to see him a bit more confident, a bit more self-assured. I'd like to see him a little more ter- in more terrifying situations and see how he gets out of them. It's going to be real cool to see him on the Titans because you're seeing him in the elements he thinks he should be, but it's a different ship. He doesn't have his old friends to back him up. Boimler on his own is really an interesting, and he learns a lot about himself. That's what I wanted to see. And this may be, I'm not sure if it missed the news or not, but I've actually heard a story that they say they're already starting to film season three. Yeah. Like we're the gonna, voices we're gonna... season three that we've already got. Season two is being edited. Season we two is going to air on... Thursday, August 11th is when we're going to see season two, and we're going to talk about season three next week because I've got that story and I saved it for next week. So next week we're going to we're going to talk a little bit about season three of Star Trek Lower Decks, which is pretty pretty cool. So guys, we're going yeah. to take our final commercial break of the night, and when we come back, we're going to talk about Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Did you join the search? I know I did. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. So run, don't walk to the refrigerator, go to the bathroom real quick and get on back here. Don't touch that dial because we still have a lot of great stuff to talk about. We're going to have a lot of fun and we're going to be talking about Star Trek three, the search for Spock after we hear this really awesome message from a really good friend of mine. It's been a long road getting from there to here. Been a long time, but your time is finally here. You can feel the change in your thoughts right now. Nothing's in your way, and they're not gonna hold you down no more. No, they're not gonna hold you down. Cause we've got faith, that's your call. We wanna hear what you have to say. We've got faith to believe in your thoughts. Today you got faith in your fingers. All you gotta do is sound out. You can reach us right now. We got faith. We got faith. Faith that you call. And welcome back. Of course, that's our very own Eric. You know, maybe we should see if Chris Rogers can record that song for us. What do you think? 
The dirty Ooh, that'd be cool with some, with some keys and some horns in the background. That would be awesome. Yeah, wouldn't that be cool? Wow. All right, guys, it's that time. You've waited a long time. You've waited to join the search, and the search is here. We're going to talk about Star Trek Three, the search for Spock. But first, I have to play the trailer for you guys just to get you in the mood and help you remember the movie if you haven't seen it in a while. Maybe. Perhaps. Um, what is wrong here? There oh, we go. Oh, all that they've fought for, all that they've stood for, will now be put to the test. Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. The word, sir? The word? Yes. Is no. I am therefore going anyway. If you do this, you'll never sit in the captain's chair again. Engage all the systems. Clear all moorings. Cleared, sir. One quarter impulse power. Someone is stealing the Enterprise. Watch speed. Klingon bird of Fraser. She's arming torpedoes. Shields up. Shields non-responsive. Fire! We're sitting back. Join us on this, the final voyage of the Starship Enterprise. Star Trek Three: A Search for Spock. The adventure continues. Rated PG. Hmm. Okay, interesting. Um, yeah, the, the trailers for the old movies are, are very short. Um, I wish I could have found a better one, but that's what we got. So Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock is a 1984 film written and produced by Harv Bennett, directed by Leonard Nimoy. It's the third film in the Star Trek franchise and the second part of a three-film story arc that began with Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan in 1982 and concludes with Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, in 1986, which we're going to talk about next week. Paramount Pictures commissioned the film after the positive critical and commercial reaction to The Wrath of Khan. Nimoy directed the film, becoming the first Star Trek cast member to do so. Producer Harv Bennett wrote the script starting from the end and working back and intended the destruction of the Enterprise to be a shocking development. Uh, The search for Spock opened on June 1st, 1984, my birthday, and my graduation from high school. We'll get to that story in a minute. Um, In the first week of release, the film grossed over $16 million, almost across North America. It went on to gross $76 million at the domestic box office, with a total of $87 million worldwide. Critical reaction to the search for Spock was positive, but notably less so than the previous film. Reviewers generally praised the cast and the characters, while criticism tended to focus on the plot. Nimoy wrote the search for Spock's major theme is that friendship. What should, pe- what should a person do to help a friend? How deeply should a friendship's commitment go? And what sacrifices and obstacles will these people endure? That's the emotional line of the film, and it's the reason for existence, he recalled. The search for Spock was not heavily marketed, among the promotional merchandise created for the film's release were Search for Spock branded calendars and glasses sold at Taco Bell. The novelization was also released and reached second place on the New York Times paperback best-selling list. President Ronald Reagan screened the film for his friends during a weekend away at the White House in 1984. James Horner's soundtrack to the film was released on a 43-minute LP record by Capitol Records in 1984, and also contained a 12-inch single entitled The Search for Spock. 
composed by Horner and performed by Group 87. It was re-released on Compact Disc in 1989. The search for Spock opened on June 1st uh, with competing films Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Gremlins, Ghostbusters, and Top Secret. Released at the same time, more than half the nation's screens were filmed were filled by summer blockbusters. Rotten Tomatoes critics rated the film 7.9 out of 10, and fans scored it 6.2 out of 10. Speaking of fan scores, Eric, what did our fans on Truck Talking have to say about the search for Spock? Well, top fan Kirsch Phil said five, my least favorite of all the Star Trek movies. Top fan Michael Sigari says seven. It's got two iconic scenes and a good villain. Don Rudolph said nine, easily the best odd-numbered movie, though Beyond is pretty damn good in my humble opinion. Top fan Gordon Webster said eight. Top fan Sabrina Wolver said ten. Michael R. Cook said four, the odd-numbered movie Curse. We've talked about that a little bit. Spencer Pedreu said 10, best Trek film of all time. John Michael Miller said 8, good flow, tremendous music, and great villain in Christopher Lloyd, uh, parentheses Doc Brown, of course, from, uh, from uh, the Back to the Future Back franchise. The I still tense up during the Enterprise heist and destruction. Oh, my gosh, I do too, John. <laughs> Tom Allen gave it a four. The story isn't bad, but there just isn't the chemistry in this one that we see in the others because Spock isn't there. Bartholomew Foreman said a solid seven. Christopher Lloyd's psychotic portrayal of Commander Cruise elevated it from being just an obligatory sequel to please the fans upset Spock was dead. There are other good things too. Vulcans, the tender Kirk Sarek scene, but it is Cruz's consistently consistent villainy that makes you cheer for his demise and feel good that Kirk managed to save his friends, though, of course, at a terrible cost. So yeah. uh, when we average out our fan reactions on this one, we get a 7.2, which uh, kind of falls right between that uh, fan initial reaction that we just read about and the Rotten Tomatoes, which is a little bit higher than that. So... Fans are right around a 7.2. Now I'm wondering what you all think. Yeah, give us a call, 646-668-2433, and let us know what you thought about Star Trek III, The Search for Spock. So I joined the search, came out on my birthday in my senior year in high school, so I grabbed my girlfriend, a.k.a. my wife, Karen, and we joined the search and went to see Star Trek III opening night at the theater. Loved it, but at the time... We had this little thing called Betamax. You guys remember Betamax? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had a Betamax. And I remember going into the local, uh, there was a store that I'm, I'm really dating myself, called Radio Shack. You guys remember Radio Shack? Uh, I used to love oh, Radio Shack. It was my favorite Maybe. store. Yeah, so I went into Radio Shack, and Radio Shack, had a, uh, my friend happened to be the manager there, and they had this special going on that if you bought a Sony Betamax, you got a free copy of Star Trek Three to search for Spock. So guess what, guys? I had to do it. Bought a Betamax, nice. got Star Trek Three. Was the hap was as happy as a clam. Got to go home and watch Star Trek Three over and over and over again. It was the first video 
of a Star Trek movie that I that I ever got, and it was Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, and uh, still love it to this day. So, what did I think about the movie? Or why don't we why don't we start off with Charles? Charles, we haven't. We, let's see what you thought about the movie. Did you get a chance to watch it? Oh, of course. Well, for Jim, it was his graduating year. For me, that would have been the end of my junior year, getting ready for my senior year. And definitely going and hitting the movie theater. As I listed some of the movies back then, it's like, yeah, that was a lot of good movies to enjoy at that time. Another Indiana Jones came out. Gremlins and Ghostbusters came out. And yes, I do remember going to the theaters and watch. I don't know if the theaters or movie channel watching Top Secret, but I remember that one as well. But that was a good year for movies. And I'm watching this one and... It's been a little while since I've seen it, and I kind of look at it and it's like, I don't know why we kind of look down on this one. I was flipping through channels with like 7.02 p.m., and I'm flipping through it, and I've got some free movie channels, and there's ethics up there. It's like 6.55, they're playing Star Trek 3. It's like, okay, I missed the opening credits. I don't care. I'm turning on and watching it. And we're sat and glued to the TV set. It's like, this is a fun movie. Yes, it's sad. But it was so, so many fun scenes. You get to see some great starship versus Klingon fighting in there. You get to see two, two captains going head to head. You also get to see the rogue side of Kirk. Kirk gets recalled the planet, and I love somebody's lines like, oh, are we going to get a hero's welcome? Kirk's like, I don't know. And they get there, and it's like, yeah, you're not talking, you're not talking to anybody about this stuff. Whatever you've seen, forget you saw it. Starfleet's trying to hide the existence of Genesis. We get to see the new class of ships. And they have a new, they have, they can go beyond warp. They can go to trans warp. And one of the scenes is like, I love the escape scene. They're breaking McCoy out. You're going to take him on an adventure. And their new starship's going to sit there and capture Kirk. And they're like, oh, you think you're going to get away from us? Oh, watch this. And it's like, go, oh, transwarp. And the ship's like, wait a minute, is that the ship backfiring? Wait a minute, why does it make that choking sound? And it's like, their computer crashes. Like, nope, you're not going anywhere. Uh-oh. I guess Kirk's getting away. It's like, okay, how'd they get away? Scotty's like, oh, here, have some souvenirs, Doc. 
from my own surgery work. As he sat there and sabotaged the ship. <clears throat> but we got to see Spock. We got to see a Vulcan growing up at different stages. And what it's like sometimes for him. Because he's going to rapid aging. And the invasion of the invasion of the Enterprise. And as Eric had mentioned, the last the making the comment, the final voyage of the Starship Enterprise. And you think you're realizing, well, yeah, this was the final voyage of the Enterprise the original Enterprise. That we wouldn't get the Enterprise A coming up in five. We get a brand new ship. And, of course, to see our Klingon leader and say, okay, yeah, he had two hits that that decade. Two time-traveling two time ships that were taken away from him. Poor Christopher Lloyd. He just can't keep hold of his time-traveling ship. <laughs> 1.21 gigawatts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At 88 miles per hour. <laughs> I'm not sure what warp speed they had to get to get around the sun in in episode four. We'll have to actually see if we see that detail. We know from TOS it's called the, what do they call it, like the time breakaway the factor? Or something. Well, I know in the, the movie they call it the slingshot, but I think in the, the in TOS in that episode, uh, what's the one where they go back to the 60s? Uh, they 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 call it a, a time breakaway factor or something like that. <laughs> was that tomorrow was yesterday? Yeah, is that the one yeah. with the military back in the sixties? Yeah. 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 But so overall, I'm, what did you? I'm I'm going to give this one an eight. An eight. It had some flaws in it, but it was a good movie. So yeah, you know what I. It so ties two into four. So well, too. I I gotta say that um, seeing um, the uh, star base, uh, Earth star base, are, um, was space excellent dock. because we we didn't see we didn't see space dock in the motion picture, um, but we did see it in this movie and we see it you know in TNG and they use it over and over again so. That was the first time we saw that, which was really cool. We saw the USS Grissom, another Starfleet vessel, which was awesome. We see the USS Excelsior, which later on becomes Captain Sulu's ship, and that was really cool. But I think perhaps the biggest thing that we see in this movie is the first appearance of the Klingon Bird of Prey, which we will see a gajillion, billion, billion times over and over and over and over again for the next 150 years. We see it in this movie, which is really really awesome there's a lot of humor in this movie um between a lot of banter between spock well (laughs) pseudo spock because he's in in mccoy um which is great i think um the rescue scene was was definitely up there it's also cool to see janice Rand. they you know leonard nimoy got her to pop in there in the movie when the Enterprise flies into space dock 
she's the one that stands up in the observation lounge and it's kind of shaking her head at the destruction um, on the ship. And that's, that's Janice Rand right there, uh, played by the late Grace Lee Whitney, which was really nice. Oh, Leonard Nimoy to do. So that was really cool. Um, I, I was disappointed that they, well, you know what? I, if you haven't seen this movie since, then I'm not going to, spoiler alert, <laughs> that they killed me. No, no, no. We're way past you know. <laughs> yeah, there's no, no, no spoilers here. That, so, you know, they killed David. And uh, if I had known at the time that they were going to abandon the Savick character like they did in Star Trek yeah. 4, then killing David becomes just, why did you do that? Ugh. Because I always thought, you know, they killed off David. Well, okay, Savick is still around, and she had this thing with Spock, and they're going to go visit that in the next movie. They didn't. They just, just, Savick just goes away. So, so I was a little disappointed because that means the death of David really didn't have a bearing uh, on anything. That was a little bit upsetting. I also, oh yeah, I I thought that, that, um, what was his name? Torque? Was his name Torque? Uh, the Klingon that, that, that survives at the end. And, uh, he's, he says to Kirk, you said you would kill me. And he says, I'll kill you later. I lied. And he, and he sends him down the brig. I kind of get a kick out of that, that little scene right there. I thought that makes me laugh every time. Yeah. But it, this, this movie has one of my favorite scenes. Even my wife likes this particular scene. When uh, Kirk is fighting on the planet with Commander Krug, and he falls off the cliff, and he reaches up and grabs Kirk by the ankle, and he's going <laughs> to pull him off the cliff into the lava, and Kirk kicks him in the face, and he says, I have had enough, enough of, of you. you. <laughs> and just kicks him off the cliff. I, I love that scene. It's just perfectly timed. And it, it's just it's a great, great scene because, you know, up to that point, Kirk's kind of like, well, maybe I can save this guy. Maybe I can talk some sense into him. We don't have to die here. And finally, Kirk's like, you know what? The hell with you. You're, you're going into the lava, dude, and just kind of kicks him off the cliff. I do think that the movie, uh, in, in my opinion, I think the exterior scenes on uh, Genesis uh, are suffer because they're not on location, and they're obviously – on a, oh no, AJ is here, guys. AJ just made his ah. appearance. You gotta um, kick him out. And go over here. Late. Go over here. Um, so <laughs> I, I think that um, it's it's painfully obvious that they're on a movie set, and it sticks out like a sore. AJ, stop it. It sticks out like a sore thumb to me that they're on a set. It doesn't even look remotely real. At that point, I think, um, but that's the only really major for me drawback of the of the search for Spock. Overall, I'm right there with Charles. I might I might I might bump it up to an 8.2 or an 8.3. I love the soundtrack. The Klingons are awesome. All the new ships are cool, and the fact that they finally saved Spock and got the crew back together, and it does lead into Star Trek IV. So overall, I think I'll say 8.2. And uh, that leaves you get to bring up the caboose, Eric. All right. Well, uh, there's no question there is some stuff that I like in this movie. Um, I do think Christopher Lloyd gives us a different kind of Klingon. And, you know, it's hard rewatching these movies, I think, guys, to remember what it was like to watch 
the Klingons that were coming out in the movies at that time, because remember, we didn't have like Worf as a reference at this time, right? We had the Klingons from like, we had some, we had some Klingons as references, but not, not like a lot of them. And so, uh, you know, the idea of Cruz is kind of this, like a little bit crazy, uh, is going to charge into battle no matter what, despite the fact that he knows he's got a very, inferior ship to the enterprise i think it's kind of interesting um of course the ship stealing scene is great and i do like the scenes where they use leonard nimoy's voice uh like while they're on the bridge and they ask bones to take the science station you'll hear leonard nimoy's voice say you know scanning captain or whatever and then they look over at bones and he's like what i'm just you know doing my job (laughs) so i think that's kind of clever um i also think that kirk's outfit is awesome like that shirt with the white thing and the kind of like segmentation of the front of his shirt there is a natural kind of outgrowth um from the star trek 2 um you know strap over the shoulder type uniform so from a costuming standpoint i think he looks really good and actually there are a bunch of other scenes like later where where he and bones have kind of those like brown bomber jackets on and when they're going to go start kicking some butt um so I do love the costumes in this movie in particular. Um, I will say that David's death to me, I, I'm glad you mentioned this, uh, Jim, because to me it feels totally useless, totally out of, like it doesn't even, it like you get the Kirk scene where he sort of like collapses, which is of course good acting on, 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 uh, on his part, on Shatner's part, but it, it doesn't really go anywhere. And after about three or four minutes in the movie, all of a sudden he's kind of okay again. Um, and so I didn't, I didn't like the David death and it didn't seem like it went anywhere. I also agree with your point on Savick. Um, you know, it's interesting. I've actually kind of talked about liking Robin Curtis's Savick over the years. Um, I do like her, but I don't know. I think Christie Alley's actually got a little bit more personality. And if you kind of, take Savick as in beta canon as that person uh, being uh, Vulcan and then having a little bit of Romulan blood in there too. Uh, I think Kirstie Alley's portrayal is actually kind of interesting. Um, not that Robin Curtis's was bad, but you know, the most significant thing that she really gets to do in this movie is help Spock through his transformation as he's aging rapidly on the planet. Um, and I agree. They could, they could have done more with her after that. Um, you know, I didn't see this movie in the movie theater uh, because I went and saw Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. <laughs> oh, get, get off the show. You're, you're fired. <laughs> you're done. You're history. We, and put I, the call out. We need a new co-host. Eric is I done. Know. Get him I out know. the airlock. <laughs> and I'm trying to remember when I actually saw this movie for the first time. I feel like it was years later. I mean... I remember seeing Wrath of Khan, and then I remember definitely seeing Star Trek Four with my dad in the movie theater. But I, I think I might not have seen Three till uh, years later. Um, so, you know, I'm a little less familiar with this one. It does have a pretty decent scene with Uhura. I think, um, you know, after having watched Women in Motion again here recently, I'm reminded of the fact that on the original series, Uhura was chronically underused, um, you know, her her lines usually consisted of hailing frequencies, Captain. And in this one, she gets a pretty darn good scene with this young uh, ensign. And 
you know, eventually kind of forces him into the closet <laughs> at, at phaser point. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Adventure. Mr. Adventure. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So I've talked about all the good things. I will say that I cannot disagree with some of our fans who say that I think this movie lacks a little bit of cohesion. It does not have the tension that Wrath of Khan had. It doesn't have the humor of Star Trek four. Um, you know, I could complain here and there, but for me, this one, it falls near the, toward the bottom of the list of all the Star Trek movies. Um, it, it's good, and there's some clever stuff in here, but I do think that it suffers from the lack of Spock and just kind of bringing him in at the end, um, which, of course, is the point of the movie. You know, it's the, it's the middle. But, you know, when we were watching it also back in the day, we didn't know that there was going to be a Star Trek four. If Charles was mentioning here that I mentioned uh, in the trailer that you played, Jim, it says the final voyage of the Star Trek of the Starship Enterprise. So my assumption was that that's the last Star Trek movie, right? Of course, we learn later, well, it's not the last Star Trek movie. It's just that Enterprise gets blown up. Um, was it necessary to blow up the entire Enterprise to keep Kruge, who was also on a severely undermanned ship, from taking over the Enterprise? I'm not sure. Feels a little dramatic to me. So, um, whereas you guys are in the eight zone, uh, I knock this one down just a little bit. I'm telling you, I like this movie, but I can only give it about a seven or so myself. Well, I, I, I'll say one thing. Um, I, I was when they blew up the Enterprise, I was stunned. First like, Spock what? dies, now the Enterprise is destroyed. <laughs> I I'm like, wow, jeez. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, but. As far as Star Trek movies go, I usually when, people always ask me about the movies, and I I, I say this when, when I when I rank the movies, I've got my my favorite movies, I've got my least favorite movies, and then I've got all the rest. And mm-hmm. and Star Trek Three falls into all the rest for me. It's all it depends on what I'm in the mood for at the time. It's right there. It's in there. So, anyways, uh, we're just about out of time. So I want to say thank you to Chris Rogers for hanging out and uh, sharing his new song with us and uh, telling us about his new album. So thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight, Chris. And of course, we couldn't do the show without our very own Trexpert. So thank you for hanging out and Trek talking with us tonight, Eric. Uh, it was a blast as always, guys. Nice to chat with you. And of course, couldn't do it without Charles. So thank you very much, Charles. Oh, thank you. And thank you for, and thank you for introducing me to some new music. Yeah, it was some, some great stuff. And I want to say thank you to Admiral Ken. He was with us briefly at the beginning, but he had to go. We had some issues he had to deal with. So thanks for hanging out with us and trying to get on the show with us. We really appreciate it. And the next week, we're going to be doing Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. So you guys want to hang out for that if you're Star Trek Four fans and see what the fans on our Facebook page thought about Star Trek Four. It would be interesting. And, of course, I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim. Thank you so much for listening, no matter where you're listening to us or when, whether you're downloading or listening to us live, we really appreciate it. And please stop by our Facebook page and say hello. Tell us where you're from. We love to hear from our fans. And with that, I'm going to say, in the words of Ohura, hailing frequencies are closed. Thank you. Everybody stay safe. Be good to each other. And good night, everybody. Good night, y'all. Good all right, then. Everybody ready? Yes, yes Captain. Let's fly.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.